seeing the good news. Seeing the good news. Because we're a seeing people, right? You know, everywhere. We just want to see things. So let me show this to you. So uh, let's say maybe you're right here now with us. Maybe you're online with us. Maybe you're watching TV. And you said, hey, I checked out this church in person. I checked out this church online. You got to see it, right? There's a little phrase. Help me out here. A little phrase. It says, blank is believing. Seeing is believing, right? So let's say maybe, uh, you know, you went to a concert. You saw a movie. You saw something like that. You know, girls, I don't know how you talk when it's just girls because I'm a guy. Uh, but I know how guys talk. So guys, you know, you can relate to this. Girls, you'll have to clue me in sometime. I don't know. Uh, maybe don't clue me in. But you say, hey, man, I went to this concert. Hey, I saw this movie. You have to see it. Or maybe for you sports fanatics out there, hey, I saw that game. You should have or did you that play, you know, that, that catch or that hockey play. I don't know hockey. Sorry, guys. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're a seeing people, regardless if you're Christian or not. But Christians, I mean, we're no different, right? I mean, you know, not just Christian, but anything with a shiny object, you know, any shiny object, like this thing, you know, hey, I want to see things. I want to see myself. You know, maybe uh, one of these little phones here, you know, you just want to see everything at your fingertips. You want to see yourself, so you take a selfie. You know, maybe you're in the parking lot. You know, I don't like devices. I get it, no problem. But you've seen a car with tinted windows, and come on, let's be honest. Who hasn't stopped and seen tinted windows? And you're like, oh, hey. You know, just checking yourself out in the tinted windows. Anything with the reflection. We just like to see things. Christians are no different. We want to see things. I mean, we have social media. We go to concerts. We see, you know, sports and all that type of stuff. But Christians, you know, we want to see God move. Amen? Amen. We want to see the power of God. We want to see the glory that we sing songs about. We want to see the glory of God that we read about in the Bible, that we hear other people talk about. I mean, we're no different, us Christians. We want to see things also. We want to see God transform people through Jesus. Yeah? So many people ask me why I started campus, so I'll just get the answer out in the open here, okay? So we don't have to talk about this later, and nobody has to ask me questions. So, you know, aside from Tim pushing me off the bench, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Uh, you know, it was easy for me. It was easy for me and Nelda's because we just want to see God move in people's lives. Simple as that. We just want to see God move in people's lives in ways that only He can move in ways that only, no matter what gifts or talents he's, he's you know, given us or built us with or whatever the case is, our heart and our passion is to see God move in ways that the people that God's moving in their lives can only look to him and say, man, God, it's all you. It's just all, only you could have provided that. Only you could have provided this. Only you could have brought reconciliation like that. Only you, God, could have done this and have done this. So, you know, I think, about, I think about Paul and Silas in the Bible. You know, they were Christians, and they were pretty much in jail because they were Christians, long story short. And they're in prison. I've never been in prison, but these guys were in prison. And I'd have to say it wasn't a party there. I'd have to say it kind of wasn't good. It wasn't comfortable. But what'd they do? Despite their situation, despite what the, they saw right in front of their face, they worshiped God. 
not because of how they felt, not because of what they saw in front of them, not because of what their situation was telling them. They worship God because He is, you know, just glorious no matter what happens to us. And what happened? God moved in ways that only God can move. The ground shook. The doors flung open. I can't do that. You guys can't do that. Paul and Silas couldn't do that. I want to see people move. I want to see God move in people's lives like that. Like we just went through worship, that regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what your career tells you or your children or your wife or your friends or your whatever, you worship God because of who He is and because of what He's done, regardless of what you think or feel. That's what I want to see God, how I want to see God move. I want to see God move, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, everybody knows about the feeding of the thousands, right? Jesus fed thousands. It's a common story. Twice He did it with pretty much less than a, a foot-long sub. He gets a foot-long sub from where he gets it from, and he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives it to the disciples, and he says, go get it, go feed them. What happened? God moved. God moved powerfully in ways that those thousands that were fed could only say, wow, no man on earth could have done this. No man on earth could have taken a foot-long sub and fed all of us here. And here we are thousands of years later talking about it. God moves powerfully. That's what I want to see happen is I want to see God move in people's lives and transform people in their lives so that something as simple direction as go feed these people, yeah, no problem, got it, boom, and just start doing it. And what do they see? Right in front of their face, God move powerfully, powerfully. That's what I want to see happen. That's why I want to, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about this campus. That's why I'm so passionate about, about Jesus, because that's what it's about. So starting this campus in, in Woonsocket, you know, God's taught me a lot, but two things, two things that I want to start with. He's taught me this, that God moves mightily through responses that are rooted in the gospel, and God moves mightily through willingness rooted in faith to share the good news, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what your situation is. He's taught me that because there's been many times where I've, I've felt like Paul and Silas, where things aren't shaking out the way I wanted to shake out. I didn't plan it this way. But regardless of how I think, regardless of what I feel, I know the truth of Jesus. I know the truth of God, and I know that He is more powerful than anything I could ever think or imagine. And I just simply follow His direction and power of God, the glory of God right before your face. Man, it just gets me fired up. So the first fill in the blank on the notes. I told you, you don't take notes, take notes. The first fill in the blank on the, on the front page there. I get back and front notes. <laughs> this is a new one for me. And Pastor Tim, you know, he's taught me well. I've got three points and some sub points. So I think there's like eight things I'm going to shoot across the table to you guys. So thanks, Pastor Tim. Doesn't stop when you're not here. So that first one. When our faith demonstrates that our God is alive, we will see that He's alive, active, and at work in people's lives. So let me say that again. When our faith demonstrates that our God is alive, we'll see that He's alive, active, and at work in people's lives. Another little saying that you might be familiar with goes like this. I'll do the first half, you do the second half, okay? Garbage in, garbage out, right? I didn't make that up. You guys knew it. 
But I thought, you know, why, why are we focused on the garbage there? What would that saying look like if it was Jesus? What's the Jesus version of that? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I'm not asking for an answer, but maybe it'd be, you know, Jesus in, Jesus out. Well, what would that look like? Seems like common sense. Listen, I don't have anything. I'm not going to crack any complex code for you tonight. <laughs> Today. Excuse me. It's morning. I need more coffee. <laughs> I just want to share with you the simple things that God's revealed to me, that he's taught me. Maybe it would be love in, love out. Maybe compassion in, compassion out. Peace in, peace out. I don't know. But what would that look like? What would that look like? So let's stand together. We're going to read God's Word. I'm going to start in James. I'm going to stay in James chapter 1. We're going to go verse 19 to 27. So it starts in verse 19 like this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently in his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the, into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. For if anyone thinks, his religious, uh, thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, they, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Join me in prayer, everybody. Jesus, we just want to see you more and more through this scripture. We want to see you more and more through this time. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you, you reveal Jesus to us right now, right here, whether we're online, whether we're on TV, or right here with us in the room here. We just want to, we just want to see you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat, guys. So these, these points, they're not just points. I thought of calling them game changers, but Jesus isn't a game. He's not a gamer. He's a life changer. So these, these are life-changing points that I've learned myself. I want to share those with you. So we're going to start off with that first section of Scripture here, 19 to 21. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So we look at those three things about, you know, hearing, speaking, and anger, and righteousness of God. And they're in an order. They're in an order. It's not just like, you know, see where the chips fall. No. At first, God's order is specific. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So why am I so fixated on this right now? Because society and what we live in right now is a little backwards. It's a little backwards. We're quick to tell everybody why we're angered or offended and slow to hear. Yes? We're quick to tell everybody, I'm so offended about that because this person did or said this and slow to hear anything. We're quick to say, man, what you did really got me upset wherever you're watching this. 
really upset, and I'm going to be slow to listen to you. That's, what, that's the world we live in. But when we look at God's order, man, I can tell you, because I've been a little quick to talking and being angry and slow to listen a couple times in my life. Amen? Come on now. We're going to be real in the room right now. But when we look at God's order, quick to hear, slow to talk, slow to anger. This anger isn't talking like a retaliation or like a, like a in the moment, like, you just like freak out because you're angry. It's talking about like this deep rooted, like the monkey on your back, but inside, like deep and rooted inside. That's what it's talking about. So this life changer number one, it says, God moves mightily in my life when I listen. God moves mightily in my life when I listen. And I just thought about, about this last night as I'm brewing and, and marinating on this a little bit. You know, if we're quick to hear and slow to talk, slow to be angry, just by nature of what we're doing, you gain a little perspective on whatever it is you're quick to listen about. Whatever it is you're quick to talk, or you know, you're slowing down before you talk, you're slowing down before you're angry about something. On that little walk, that little journey that we're on as Christians, you're going to gain some perspective about that. And when you do it God's way, that perspective is going to be provided from God, which really I don't want perspective from anybody else, you know, other trusted gospel-believing like-minded people, but I want God's perspective on the situation. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to the advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Gain wisdom for the future comes not by, you know, saying you have wisdom. <laughs> it comes, the Scripture tells us, listen. Listening and hearing is where wisdom comes from for the future. So how do I hear God? How do I listen to God? Again, I'm not cracking the code on anything here because <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have the answer for you. Is it the audible voice of God? Well, I haven't heard that. I'm not saying you can't, not saying you won't, or if you have, it's wrong or whatever. I just personally haven't. What I have heard God speak through when I hear and when I listen is through this. You know, maybe, maybe something as simple as just reading the Bible. Maybe, maybe something as simple as praying, not just when you need help, not just when you have no other option. Maybe listening to gospel-centered preaching, gospel-centered, not preaching or messages that are focused on how, to, how you can uh, benefit. The woe is me. Things are so rough. Listen to the gospel-centered preaching. Maybe small groups. Maybe small groups. Small groups changed my life, legit, and I'm not being fake with you guys. I tell the Winsocket campus and our serve team there all the time, if it weren't for the small group I was a part of six years ago, I wouldn't be here right now. Small groups change lives, friend. So the next fill in the blank, it's a question. What am I hearing in my life? Not me, you. What are you guys hearing in your life? What are you listening to? And I don't mean music or media, or yes, all those things, but what do you listen to inside? That little monkey on your back or inside of you that says, you're nothing except for that. You can't until this. Are you hearing things from, from career people? Are you hearing things or relying too much on, you know, marital things you're hearing? Or from your children? Or from your friends? Or from yourself? What are you hearing? Because, friend, if it's anything outside of Jesus, if it's anything outside of God, kind of playing with fire. 
We're kind of playing with fire. Hearing is so important because believing, seeing is believing. That's the phrase, right? Yeah? That's not what the Bible says, though. That's not where, where, what the Bible says that it starts at. It says this in Romans. In the NLT version, it says, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news of Christ. That's what the Bible says that it starts. Your faith is a, is a byproduct, is, a, is a, a result of hearing the good news of Jesus. That's why it's so important to be quick to hear. Because if we jump past the listening of the good news of Jesus, well, we haven't heard that. So now what are we rooted in? If it isn't Jesus, what is it? You guys can only answer that for yourselves. I can't tell you that. So this good news of Jesus is, is simple. Jesus was on his throne on high. We were separated from God because of this thing called sin. Every one of us has it. And Jesus left his place on high, came to earth, and lived a life that none of us could ever live so that we could be united with God again. That's what the good news of Jesus is, that he's the one that came and did what we couldn't do so that there is victory over sin, not because of your hard work or your blood, sweat, and tears, but because of Jesus and the good news of his gospel that has already taken place, that is already done and complete, and it's not complete in such a way that you put it away in the junk drawer in the kitchen. It's done and complete in a way that he's alive now and at work in people's lives. And when we're slow to listen to, or fast to listen to that, man, you want to see your head spin with like, holy moly, God's at work. That'll do it. <laughs> so that last fill in the blank here for, for life changer number one is the good news of Christ is able to save me. Is able to save me. I don't know if the is able is in words. Ah, it is in capitals. Because it's true. If we look in the scripture, it doesn't, it doesn't say, uh, you know, the, receive the implanted word, which maybe will save your soul or most of the time can possibly save your soul. It says, is able, simple, no questions about it. There isn't any, any, any uh, depth or length that Jesus can't go to. He's not scared of any of that. He's overcome it. So we're moving on into the, the uh, next part of the scriptures here in James chapter 1. It says, but be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourself, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror or any other shiny object, tinted windows, screens, whatever. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Man, that's some power statements in there. So that life changer number two, God moves mightily in my life when I'm a doer of what I've heard. So let me show you that the Bible right here is no different than what we live every day of our life with that same point. That we're doers of what we've heard. So how does anybody know you're happy? You do something. Nobody knows you're happy until you do something. Nobody knows you're sad until you do something. Nobody knows you're confused or frustrated or angry until something is demonstrated to reflect what is unseen. So just the same is faith. The faith that came from hearing the good news of Jesus, how can anybody look at me, you know, not on the stage right now because I'm talking about it, but just look at me wherever I'm at 
and know, man, that guy's full of faith. Man, that guy's full of Jesus. Or gals, that gal's full of Jesus. That gal's full of faith. The faith is the same as the unseen emotion or feeling. It's just that. It's unseen until it's demonstrated. So enough about emotions, enough about feelings. Sorry, guys. We'll go into maybe some nuts and bolts, some things in our hands, our careers. Maybe you're an accountant. Who became an accountant by reading a book? And then, boom, you're an accountant. It doesn't work like that. The building we're in, the building you're in, you're watching us on TV or online, wherever you are. You know, the people that built that didn't just read a book. And then, boom. You know, it's not like the Matrix where they jam the thing in the back of your neck and then, boom, you download it with all the knowledge and good news of what to do, and then it's just there. No, it's people that hear things, like, like chefs. Chefs, if you're a chef in here, you know this. You didn't become a chef by watching the Food Network and then go able to do whatever they're doing on the Food Network. You know, and bakers, you're not, you know, cupcake war, you know, veterans here because you watch cupcake wars. No. You heard something about baking, you listened to it, and then what'd you do? You did what you heard. So hearing various things in, in situations, whether it's career or emotional or whatever the case is, it's amazing. You know, I, I'm in the skilled trades industry, I, that's my, my background, and so, you know, certain things about like applied science, it just amazes me. It's so cool to hear about. But when you do it, and you see it right in front of you, man, does that change everything about you. Man, does that change everything that you once, that you already knew and believed. It's so new now. So hearing causes this response. Flip it over to the backside at the top. It causes this response. Being book smart or being street smart. So the scripture isn't favoring one or the other. What it's saying is that, you know, like a, like a welder, you can't be a welder simply by reading a book and doing nothing to reflect what you've read and learned. Business owners, you weren't just, you know, you, you didn't read a book about being a business owner and then wham, jam, next day you have a business and you're owning it. So what this is saying is that don't just be hearers. Don't just go read a book about how to be a chef because that's book smart. What this is saying is yes, to book smart and yes to street smart both of them together because hearing this and doing nothing you're not going to see the power of God move in your life or in front of you in someone else's life so let's see this last point in number number two the last fill in the blank and life changer life changer number two is this someone else was a doer which provided me an opportunity to be a hearer, and I've become a doer. So let me say that again. Someone else was a doer, which provided me the opportunity to be a hearer, and I've become a doer. You see how this works, friend? We share the good news of Jesus, and people hear it. And hearing, faith comes from hearing the good news of Jesus. And then that faith stirs up and grows inside of you. And what do you want to do? You just want to do something to give somebody else the opportunity to hear the same thing that transformed your life. That's where the cycle is here. So what is your doing? What are you going to be a doer of now? I don't know. Maybe it's time for you to be a participant in a small group. 
Maybe it's, you know, you'll be a doer by inviting somebody here to come to church with us in this room or online. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to put you so far out of your comfort zone that you're, you know, like all you're doing is shaking and you want to pass out. But doing that last scripture during the 15 for 15, it ended with freely you received, freely give. So what are we going to give? What are we going to be doers to give? I don't know. Maybe it's time to, to be a doer of patience in your life. Maybe it's time to be a doer of compassion in your life. I don't know. But you ask, well, I already do that. I'm not a believer. I already do that. But my question would be, what is that rooted in? Because I've been on both sides of the fence, friend. I've been on both sides where I do, and I'm trying to be compassionate and patient and gracious and all that other stuff that we read about the Bible, and I've been rooted in trying to do that myself. And it doesn't work at all. And I've been on the other side of the fence here as a Christian, Still struggling, you know, sometimes having to, you know, battle in within me. Am I relying on me or am I relying on God? But I can tell you, there is no better way to do anything about the gospel. Freely receive, freely give. There's no better way than to be rooted in the gospel. No better way. So we end uh, with Luke, the scripture in Luke, with point number two. That's life changer number two, not point number two. Life changer number two. But he answered them. Jesus answered them. He's talking about his spiritual family here. My mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So maybe, friend, you're like me where you've had, you've had family struggles your whole life. Jesus is talking about his spiritual family here. And he's saying, you're my spiritual family, not just when you hear the word, but when you do the word. And again, there's no better family to be a part of, whether you've grown up with a good family or a not-so-good family. There is no better family than the family of God. So we end with the, James, the, last, the tail end of the James Scripture here. 26 and 27, it says this, If anyone thinks he is religious but does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's the ESV version. The Bible reads it that way. In the NLT version, it doesn't say visit orphans and widows. It says caring for orphans and widows in their affliction. So there it is. That's all you got to do. Just do that and you're, you're home free with Jesus. Care for widows and orphans and stay unstained from the world. There it is. Golden answer. Golden nugget. That's the silver bullet everybody's been looking for. It's been, you know, if it were a snake, it would have bit us. But that last verse, verse 27, we'll read it again. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep one's, oneself unstained from the world. This is not an and-or sentence. Visit orphans and widows in their afflictions and or keep yourself unstained from the world. It's both. This and that. And you and I, friend, wherever you are, online, TV with us, here in this room, we can't do that. We can't. The, this verse, I was looking all over. I was reading and staring at this thinking, man, what is this widows and orphan thing about? What is it about? Jesus, I know you're in this. In this sentence, 
is Him. Jesus is the only one that can do both, has done both. So this widow and orphan thing, you know, I, I'm, I was so fixated on it, and yes, if it sounds like I'm fixated on it, it's because I am. In the Bible time, specifically, and kind of true still today, widows and orphans were unable to reciprocate in any way those things that were done to them. They, it's just a simple thing of that Bible time, and it's kind of true today. So what is this saying? Game changer number three, doers of the gospel, they expect no reciprocation. Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus is the ultimate one that did everything that he did in such, such a fashion to only glorify God, and there was no expectation of reciprocation. I mean, not, you know, maybe you don't like reciprocate, maybe repay, maybe an equivalent exchange, maybe a return or give back in an action, like an equivalent action. Maybe you like that. But who on earth, ever before or ever to come or current, has ever been able to do the things that Jesus did while he was on earth, but also spiritually. Whoever was able to crack the case of sin and give a route to be able to have us united with God ever before or ever to come, that is not Jesus. There is no one ever. See, he's the one that ultimately gave without expecting an exchange in return because of what he was giving. So maybe this Jesus in, Jesus out thing, this, you know, grace in, grace out thing, doers of the gospel, when you're rooted in the gospel, you take that in, you give that out, and you don't expect it in exchange. You don't. Because when we look at Jesus, when did he do that? When did he take the foot-long sub, go feed the thousands, say, all right, everybody, get in line. Time to, time to even up here. He didn't. When did he, you know, cure somebody of leprosy, and say, all right, bud, lay it back on me. Let's go. Time to pay up. He didn't. Jesus, he's the only one that can free us from sin. Jesus is the only cleanser of sin ever before and ever to come. So John, you might, you might have heard this before. The scripture in John 8 it reads like this, Jesus is saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, but the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son has set you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. Like this, the scripture in James says that the, the word is able to save your souls. Right here, Jesus is saying, is, if the Son, Him, if He's saying, if I have set you free from sin, well, maybe you kind of, you'll be free, depending on your situation. No. He says you will be free indeed. No question about it. So this last fill in the blank, it says this, I can be a gospel doer when I'm rooted in the gospel, regardless of reciprocation. What I'd like you to do is that first word, the, the I that it begins with. Cross that out and write your name. You know, Mike or uh, Susie. I don't know. If you're Mike or Susie, I'm not picking on you. It's just what came to my mind. You know, Mike can be a doer of the gospel when he's rooted in the gospel, regardless of reciprocation. So this last scripture that we're going to close with, some of you may have heard it before. 
There's two verses that coincide here. It says, for God so loved the world, in John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So, friend, we started off with, with this, you know, what is the gospel? Well, Jesus was on his throne on high and came to this earth that was everything opposite of heaven so that we could be united with God again through him only. You see, he's the one that left his place on high. He's the one that, that lived a life that nobody else could ever live, unstained from this world. He's the only one that truly received my punishment and your punishment so that we could be united with God again. 